I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I can't believe it, Audrey. This is like a moment in time that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. We you are, have. Yeah. You've been cycling through this place for a while. For almost 20 years I've been really? cycling through this place. Okay, so where are we sitting right now? We are right here at Hazelwood Green Mill 19 with RIDC. And that Mill 19. Yeah is something that our guests are going to talk about. Absolutely. The whole show is dedicated pretty excited. to what's happening here at Mill 19, Hazelwood Green, and a good friend of ours, Don Smith from RIDC, and Tim White, another great friend of ours with RIDC, hanging out. We just can't wait to dive into this thing, Audrey. Now, I think we should just really start to jump in. So, Tim, you've been, you've been working with RIDC how long now? Uh, going on 10 years. Is it really been a decade? Wow, that's awesome. So give us a little bit of history of what we're sitting in, sort of, you know, the macro view, and then give us just a snippet of history. And you can yeah. start with George Washington actually no. crossing the <laughs> There's mountain. There's no George, no George Washington. Washington uh, so, you know, the, the Hazelwood uh, site that was part of the Jones and Lachlan Mill that expanded over time, the building we're sitting in the exoskeleton was part of uh, the World War II effort and built in the 1940s. This mill complex produced more steel than the accessed powers combined. So this was... That's what uh, I'm talking one about of the, really? right there. Most, okay. One Pittsburgh. of the most Pittsburgh. 10 protected okay. assets in World War II. So the, the Jones and Lachlan Integrated Mill, which this is, was one of the, the three pieces, uh, this site eventually evolved into the, you know, dedicated to the Coke operations. So later on, LTV took over the Coke operations. And what did that stand for? Uh, some bumble names out of Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> that's why it's resorted yeah, to Yeah, that's acronyms. why I did. Nice. Yeah, okay. Bumble with names in Cleveland just go together. So that's, that's great. Totally okay. But, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, you'll hear the old J&L site, the old LTV site. Mm-hmm. So the LTV site uh, ceased operations in 1998. So not too long ago, you would drive from downtown out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnels, and you would see those stacks and flare-offs and get mm. that sort of burnt egg smell of, of Coke ovens. I remember those smells well growing up in Squirrel Hill in the 70s. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, soon after that, uh, a coalition of uh, philanthropic foundations uh, came together with RIDC and acquired the Hazelwood site, and they formed a partnership at the time called Almano, so the allegheny Monongahela, ohio partnership. And... Uh, for a bunch of reasons, including a potential expressway and a, a railroad right. uh, and a potential casino. They're, uh, a casino? Yeah. Well, the casino was supposed to be at Station Square, but uh, the developer was going to use the proceeds to develop residential down here in the early 2000s. But mainly uh, because the, the planned and then failed highway, development was on hold. And uh, then in about 2010-11, we restarted the planning process to say, okay, you know, the railroads are staying, the the highway's not happening, how do we take this the last big brownfield site 
in the city of Pittsburgh and make it into a productive place for entrepreneurial. And how big is this area? Because I know the, the mill itself is huge, and then the grounds that it sits on just stretches for a good bit. How, it's like yeah, acres the, and acres and acres. The overall uh, Hazelwood Green site is about 178 acres. This building itself sits on about six acres. So the, the structure is you know, over you know, 1,500 feet long, the old exoskeleton. You called it drag racing there back in the day. Well, it probably happened because this was the, uh, during that, those years of uh, planning, we actually did a lot of work uh, down here. We imported about a million cubic yards of fill. So when you think of when the stadiums were built, the Science Center expansion, mm -hmm. the Pitt uh, University Sports Complex, all that dirt that was uh, from those sites and the tunnel uh, downtown for the Senate LRT, garage. all that dirt came here and we, we stockpiled it. Well, it just happened to be when the DARPA Grand Challenge was happening with Carnegie Mellon. So this was the place where all the robotic car testing happened and led to all those teams. You think of like Chris Armisen, John mm -hmm. Barris, yeah. you know, all, yeah, all those folks sure, that sure. have led uh, different uh, concerns on the corporate side now, all were doing their testing here uh, with those, uh, those stockpiles. So in 2013, we began then spreading the dirt, raising the site out of the floodplain, and really began the entitlement and preparation process for you know, bringing Mill 19 online. And here we are today sitting in Mill 19 in Carnegie Mellon space, and our minds are kind of blown. Well, I think let's switch to Dawn here and talk a little bit about, so then, you know, fast forward, even though, you know, Tim has given us a good, you know, history here, but then fast forward, because the last 10 years have really been, you know, sort of in many ways frenetic in terms of trying to, to build this place and to be able to sit in this and see the fruition. What, you know, talk about the vision. Talk yeah, about the vision is really incredible. To see it come mm -hmm. to fruition is uh, really gratifying. <clears throat> this has been a labor of love for 10-plus years, and there were times when we didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, but we kept plugging, and, and uh, now what we have here with Carnegie Mellon as our anchor tenant uh, is really nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, and in the same way that uh, this site was so important to the United States' competitive position back in the 40s and mm -hmm. 50s, we think it'll be the same thing in the mm -hmm. 2020s, 2030s, right. 2040s uh, because of the work that predominantly Carnegie Mellon and their corporate partners are doing here but also the companies that come here to be close to that mm -hmm. uh, talent source, to be close to the technology that's being developed. Uh, and we're, we think we're providing the coolest building uh, opportunity in all of Pittsburgh. It really blends the history of the site with all the modern technology uh, and now with the, the technology focus of autonomy, AI, advanced manufacturing, robotics. Uh, these really are the future industries that are driving the Pittsburgh region today and increasingly will be the source of growth for tomorrow. And so what kinds of, of um, companies and inquiries have you had? You don't need to share, obviously, some of the companies, but talk about some of the market sectors. To, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's no secret to everybody that, you know, Pittsburgh has undergone an explosion in autonomous vehicle right. um, production and, and research, uh, and not just at Carnegie Mellon anymore. So obviously Red Team and, and Red Whitaker and his students uh, catalyzed all this, and uh, whether it was that, the, the Robotics Institute formation, the Digital Greenhouse actually funded a lot of the companies uh, and professors that are, are creating uh, hundreds and thousands of jobs in our region today. So that's all coming to fruition as the robotics uh, technology and markets mature 
And as we see the application of a lot of the technology and a lot of the talent that has been drawn to Pittsburgh, turning into companies. So autonomous vehicle, artificial intelligence, robotics, manufacturing companies, uh, these are the kinds of inquiries that we're seeing. We're so close to downtown, we're so close to the universities, and we're on the river with a ton of trails and green space mm -hmm. and parks. Uh, and so this is going to be the spot to be as these new mm -hmm. industries evolve in our region. Mm -hmm. We feel like we're on the ground floor here, oh. being able to see this thing come to life. And the possibilities just seem Well, endless. you can appreciate that because you yeah. were raised here. Absolutely. And so knowing what it was. I mean, watching the place close down right. to riding your bike through it, sneaking in and checking it out, to now seeing some awesome office space and knowing that it's going to be mis mixed use and integrating into the neighborhood and it's a place that you just don't work, but you hang out and entertain and live your life on a space that was just vacant and left for dead is amazing, amazing stuff to us. Which is why we're coming back with more from Mill 19 here at Hazelwood Green with RIDC. If you go to RIDC.org, you can, you can, there's a whole section there you can learn all about it. I really encourage people to see this is what's making Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh as far as I'm concerned. And I uh, could be more happy to talk more about Mill 19 when we're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. That's the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Welcome back, everybody. We are hanging out here at Mill 19 with RIDC, Audrey. I absolutely love taking the show on the road. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah. We were at the Forge in Lawrenceville. Remember that? We yeah. were sitting on buckets, we were sitting right? On as they buckets. were breaking, <laughs> breaking ground and attracting all those robotics companies there. We had a ton of fun. It had to be like 90 degrees that day. Yeah, it was we like were, 90 degrees. We had a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot balmier in Rule 19. And we're looking out in some high base space. So I just see like robotics stuff's going to be happening here. I get so excited. So glad to hang out with Don Smith from RIDC and Tim White from RIDC, guys. You guys are making this stuff happen. We love it. Thanks, and we're, uh, you know, we're always glad to have you in the ground floor of these developments. Uh, you get to see them before they're kind of ready for prime time. I touched the wall over there, and it was still wet, so I left a handprint, so we'll wipe that up on the way out. <laughs> so, Don, talk a little bit about this inbound activity and really sort of what this is, the platform for the future here in terms of companies, things that we've never thought about are probably going to be here. I think that's right. I think if, if you look at what's happened in Lawrenceville, uh, really, it's all driven by NREC, the National Robotics Engineering Consortium, spin-outs from NREC and companies that want to take uh, advantage of the talent and technology that's going on there. And they want to be close to the things that are happening uh, at Carnegie Mellon's uh, National Robotics Engineering Consortium. We built, the, we built out the chocolate factory. We built the Tech Forge, as mm -hmm. you mentioned. Uh, we have the Blue Building, which is now Carnegie Robotics uh, Building for their operations. Uh, and we're trying to see that same kind of thing happen here. We're getting inbound calls from robotics companies, from artificial intelligence companies, from manufacturing companies mm. that really want to be close to all the innovative activity that's going on predominantly at Carnegie Mellon, University of Pittsburgh, and, and some of the other places uh, in the region. And, and we've seen really so much of the job growth of the last five years has been related to those robotics companies, whether mm -hmm. it's spin-outs like Heavy Robotics, that right. it's in the chocolate factory, Carnegie Robotics, mm -hmm. or all of the autonomous vehicle companies in some way, shape, right. or form trace their, their routes to right. NREC. Right. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to see that next wave of innovative activity capitalized on here and really design these buildings and this site to be the place that would be a productive home and an attractive place to bring these companies and this talent to our region. And uh, yeah, I think it expands past the robotics and AI. When you think of the biotech mm -hmm. industry, we still have a lot of opportunities to capitalize on the research going on at the University of Pittsburgh. And if you have a, a large corporate anchor that wants to come right. 
into into this market, where do you need to go? It's going to be at this site. Mm-hmm. That's a good point about the biotech space, right? Because the demands on that space in terms of flex space and even clean room are, you know, the requirements. We have we have a gap. We have a gap in the region. So do you see opportunities there for people to be we thinking do. about that? We do. And, that we, you know, that's one of the big reasons RIDC exists is we do the projects that wouldn't get done otherwise. Right. I was going to bring that up. You guys make the stuff happen right. that just wouldn't happen without the abilities and connections mm-hmm. that RIDC has. Yeah, we're a private organization, but we have this public mission. And because we're a right. not-for-profit, we can afford to take higher risk. We can take a longer-term view. Uh, and we can sort of take those bets of trying to be where the region will need us to be in five to ten years Mm -hmm. rather than just responding to what's here today. Certainly we did that on the robotic side in Lawrenceville. We're doing that here. But we've also done it in the biotech space. We have some sophisticated lab space in uh, the chocolate factory in Lawrenceville. And and we are talking about uh, sort of the need for additional wet lab facilities in our region. They're very expensive to build. It's hard to finance. Uh, from banks when you don't have long-term leases in place. And, and so that's where RIDC, with its mission, its balance sheet, and its partnerships with DCD, with the county, Absolutely. with the city, and, and others. I, uh, at the end of the day, I always it. say without the work that you guys have done to build sites like, like Mill 19, Pittsburgh wouldn't be what it is right now. We wouldn't have what's going on in Lawrenceville with the robotics. Well, and, I would agree. And yeah. I also want to give a shout-out to the fact that they don't always hold on to these properties. I mean, they're giving back. So they're saying, okay, we've done this work. Yeah, and put it and back out into the market, right? now it's time to put it at, back out into the marketplace. Well, more and more, that's a strategy of ours. As we've uh, taken, uh, we had probably 70 buildings in our portfolio. Our IDC's had a rich history. Right. Uh, and historically, we didn't sell a lot. And we yeah, held on to the assets, to. And, and we used the income from that to do development. But as we've sort of declared mission accomplished with a lot of those older buildings mm-hmm. um, and that are filled up, they have good tenants, they're very attractive to commercial real estate uh, developers' owners, we're starting to sell some of those assets to generate equity capital that we can then use for stuff like this. For right? stuff like this. So right. we sold 2000 Technology Drive, mm-hmm. the we former remember headquarters that. of we the remember Tech Council. That. And actually the Tech Council were pioneers in that space. They I mean, were. I wasn't living here then, but... That was considered to be a pioneer to leave Henry Street in you and know, go down the to a brownfield, Florida. an unproven brownfield. Right. Uh, now that we've done the proof of concept there and the PTC is doing great, right. we, we sold that building, we took the capital from that, and that's what helped us build Mill 19. That's what I'm talking about where so we're cool. sitting right, right. now. Oh, Which is that, that's the piece that I don't I think that people really need to understand in terms of woven into the fabric of Pittsburgh. So imagine this place three years from now, just three years, not that far out, 36 months. Well, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, we're uh, we're off and running here. Our second building is under construction and will be completed about the end of this year. And we have a tenant signed. Uh, we can't disclose who yet. Oh, come on, Don. You can tell us. <laughs> we have a, we have a tenant say a signed for the entire building, uh, a very attractive technology tenant yeah. that will create a lot of good jobs here. When will you announce it? Because um, <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan needs a job. I did. So yeah. that's I'm why we're looking. trying to make sure looking. that his uh, resume is current. And, and we've been designing the third building, so RIDC Mill 19C. So you're uh, going to fit three buildings inside this giant exoskeleton that that's was right. the LTV So you're, site. you're not going to come up with more clever names than that? Well, they're naming opportunities. So anyone who wants to <laughs> yeah. buy the naming I mean, Mill 19C uh, isn't the uh, sexiest it's, thing. It's a, a planning mill. <laughs> I like what you're talking about, Tim. That's my kind of guy. Yeah, huh. ask him to pay for it. See how far you get. Pay for it. <laughs> I'll get a grant. <laughs> so we're also very excited because our partners at uh, El Mano, the uh, Hazelwood Green Partnership, is expecting to... Um, select a development team 
to move forward with the balance of the site. So RIDC now owns 12 and a half acres of that 178, mm -hmm. and that's what we're moving forward with development on. But a lot of the other infrastructure that you know was put in over the last 10 years is now ready to go. And so uh, they really need a development team to, to get things started and bring other activity here. So the thing we want most is we want neighbors. Neighbors uh, would be good. And, yeah, start uh, building that ecosystem out. We think we have the perfect anchor tenant in Carnegie Mellon right. to bring those other neighbors do. to the site. What about food? We're in favor of food, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be going to La Gourmandine every day. I'd be walk out and go to La Gourmandine right well, there. I'm just trying to think of our Carnegie Mellon folks and friends and these other <laughs> tenants. You know, what it's, are we it's a big about issue, food? and that's why one of the reasons we need some more scale on site is to support some of those services. Right. Well, they're pioneers. They know they're going to ramp into Absolutely. this. You know, and we do have some food truck accommodations that have been set up in partnership okay. with Maybe the, we should do the a food truck partners. Audrey. I could do my coffee truck out. Jonathan and I yeah. have some ideas coffee we'd truck. like to pitch you. All right. Yes. Well, and if you look out the window here, you can see what used to be the motor room mm -hmm. uh, for the mill, and it's a structure that we had planned for really amenity kind of uses. Okay. And one of the ideas that's coming to light now is the opportunity to use that as sort of a, a food gallery, ah. something like the you know the Smallman. Right, yeah. and the Federal. Uh, Call the, the federal. engine room. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, help, we'll help you we'll with help that. We'll help you with that. And, and it's, it's, good. Uh, it's a space that is authentic and cool in a way that you, know, you just you couldn't possibly else. build. You no. can't replicate it. Uh, and and mm -hmm. so uh, we think that would be a great use for that space. So the last thing, do you think there's any place in the U.S. that has actually done this kind of project? Not, not on this scale. I mean, I think there are certainly some great examples. I mean, Urban Outfitters headquarters in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard the is shipyard. kind of a cool building. Uh, MSR Architects, which are our architects on this, mm -hmm. their headquarters is in the former gold metal flour mill in uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul region. Okay. So, what you know, there the are definitely, Brooklyn the Brooklyn thing is actually very interesting, very different real estate market than very we have here. Right. Uh, so there are some very cool projects being done in industrial reuse or industrial mm -hmm. site reuse. Uh, but the scale of what's being done here right. at Almano. Uh, and the way it's being done, I think, uh, you know, shooting for these kind of very ambitious mm -hmm. community engagement, sustainability, right. energy efficiency, uh, and partnering with our economic drivers, the, the institutions. So my one last request is I'd like to see you do some cross-country paths that go right around the we, building. We have more bike trails, pedestrian pathways, and green space for the winter. any other so development. That I can do some winter cross country. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right plenty of room. Plenty of room. Watch the trains. Yeah. <laughs> Watch <laughs> the, the trains. trains. And the Boy steep the drop off into the river on the other side, so as far as they can speak. Okay. Awesome it's always work. great to talk to you, too. Thank you for your yeah. leadership. Oh, thank, you guys. thank you for your work, and we're excited. And can we take out a little space in here from time to time? Absolutely. Yeah. Can talk to Tim. He's our leasing uh, director. Oh, I didn't want like a formal lease or anything. But I just wanted to make <laughs> yeah, sure like that I was here. Gary, I think I'm going to have to talk to your other tenants <laughs> yes. that are here. Absolutely. Super it's cool. great. Thank you for your, Absolutely. your vision and work. Right. Honored to be here on the ground floor of some of the coolest development happening here in Pittsburgh at the uh, Hazelwood Green Mill 19 with RIDC. Go to RIDC.org to check it out. Go to PGHtech.org to learn more about the Tech Council. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Be right back with more Tech Vibe Radio. Hang tight. Welcome back, everybody. We are hanging out at RIDC Mill 19 for the Tech Vibe Neighborhood Tour. Audrey, nothing's better mm -hmm. when we pack up the rig, haul out here, and talk to the coolest people in the coolest spaces. 
way too much well, actually fun. doing the coolest work and doing the coolest they're work really doing the coolest you work. add the that third the level to that absolutely thing. absolutely we are hanging okay. out with two very cool people we have sandra divisant wolf and gary fetter so Guys, just just man. give us an overview of who you are what you're up to that's it sure we'll start I'm, with gary hi gary i'm gary fetter yeah i'm the uh director of what's called the manufacturing futures initiative at carnegie mellon which is our overarching uh, initiative to pull together faculty in the manufacturing area, everything from our AI experts to, you know, deep deep expertise in mechanical engineering. Uh, I also wear a cap as a professor in electrical engineering. Okay. You're definitely not boring. No, great. not at all. This is Sandra. <laughs> okay. Tell us about yourself. So I'm Sandra devincent Wolf. I am the executive director of the Manufacturing Futures Initiative, and I work with Gary and the other faculty to accelerate the digital transformation of manufacturing across all kinds of areas. And I'm also the executive director of our next manufacturing center for additive manufacturing research, commonly known as 3D printing. Just awesome, very impressive, thrilled to be here. So, so let's set the table. Let's set the table and talk about this partnership, why you're here, what, what's the work, mm-hmm. and what's the vision. Yeah, well, we're here at Mill 19. Uh, this is when people come down here, they really see the scale of this, oh, which yeah. is one of the important points that that uh, aspects of the facility. We are having a, a very special partnership of Carnegie Mellon and all of the researchers we have in manufacturing with the Advanced Robotics for Manufacturing Institute, the ARM Institute, here in Pittsburgh. Uh, together, we're building an ecosystem in this space to cover everything from the fundamental discoveries that we do at the university and then transitioning that to de-risk it through R&D work here in this facility, arm-in-arm with with industry, till we get to prototypes on the factory floor. So this is something that the combination of Carnegie Mellon as a university and arm as a manufacturing institute I think is, is one of a kind in the country. It has to be completely unique. And it could only happen in Pittsburgh, as far as I'm concerned. I <laughs> think he's pretty much a this, cheerleader. This is what happens. We really can't. He's really good. Well, we're all cheerleaders of Pittsburgh. I, I think we're very happy that, that it's here, and it, it makes a lot of sense that uh, you know it's the birthplace of autonomy and a lot of the robotics work, and certainly number one in artificial intelligence. This is the place where we should be injecting those things into manufacturing. And then to be building that on a site that has roots that goes back as far as it does is what made Pittsburgh great. And now it's like building on top of that again, which I think is just so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the we're we're right under the framework of the old Mill 19 building, uh, which, which uh, was uh, you know built to hold munitions in World War II, and then it became a rolling mill. Well, mm-hmm. what better place to be able to have the kind of supercharging manufacturing in this region than in this site. Exactly. So let's let's jump and talk about the research versus the research that's on campus and, and then the new sort of accelerated, scaled research that the vision is for here. So we're really excited about the opportunity to do things on a different scale here than we can on campus. Mm-hmm. So this will allow us to do things on a larger scale to set up pilot production lines, if you will, or flexible production lines. Um, to look at some of our technologies like additive manufacturing, where we are a leader, or materials discovery, or robotics, mm-hmm. biomanufacturing, you name it, and do it from start to finish. So not just the process in the middle or just one part of it, but to have the space to have a facility to set up equipment, bring in researchers, corporate partners to work hand-in-hand hand with us so that we can work the process from beginning to end, optimize it, 
um, for our customers, for our corporate partners, and then hopefully transition it to their facilities. And so how different is that from what's been happening sort of on campus? Because, you know, we are pr we're proud of Carnegie Mellon, so mm -hmm. we, we think of Carnegie Mellon in terms of research and the kinds of innovative companies that come out of there. But you're taking right. it to the next level, and I think you have a good understanding of what's different about this mm -hmm. than you know, what's on Carnegie Mellon right now. Right, so this is an opportunity really to have the whole thing under one roof, if you will. So we do a tremendous amount of phenomenal research and development on campus, and we do a lot of um, partnerships, and we have a lot of industry-sponsored research there. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that's, that's how we do business. Right. Um, but we don't have the ability to do all of it from start to finish, to look at how do you not only manufacture parts or components, but how do you post-process them? What do you have to do after you make them? Do you have to machine them? Do you have to grind them? Do you have to plate them? Is there something else that you need to do? We don't have the ability to do the whole process mm -hmm. on campus. So it gives you a unique opportunity now in terms of the kinds of students that you already attract are pretty world class, mm -hmm. but now people are really going to have expertise when they come out of their academic experience in terms of understanding what brings this integrated world to you know, commercialization. Right, and they'll also have the opportunity to see how they're part of it really fits into the right. big picture when right. it comes is, to manufacturing. Which is always missing. And it's so interesting because it, it couldn't have been a decade ago that um, I was at Carnegie Mellon and I speak to the, C, the computer science students, for example, or the engineering This students. is a great story, too. Yes, I love they this. now they come after I speak. They've, over like the last five years, they all want to see stuff. The first five years that I was in this job, no one really wanted to see anything. So they were, people were asking, like, how can I get into CNX? How can we go up to a mine? Mm -hmm. I heard there's a place called, what, back then it was called Joy Mining. Mm -hmm. They wanted to see and touch things. Get their hands dirty. And for dirty. a long yeah. time, so the, cool. the first five years before that, when I, when I would talk about our roots and, and the capability in terms of making things and the right. interconnectedness of things, I didn't see the manifestation of people who were that interested, but I sh now I start to see sort of this new world. And to me, Carnegie Mellon is really telling the world what's next. And that's what's, that's what's been really exciting for me, is to see those patterns emerge. Mm -hmm. It's not just sitting and developing an app, it's really the integration of things. And I don't want to use IoT, it's just a simple way of describing this. Right. But we are going back to people wanting to touch and see things and make stuff. Mm -hmm. And right. I didn't see that in my first five years of being in this world. And now I think your it's work... very true, yeah. And well, and of course, this is an outcropping of what people call the maker movement, right? And, and mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah. per that's permeated from, you know, kindergarten to 12th grade where people are, well, are, are using those kind of machines. Yeah. But it's also coming up at the, at the upper level educational regime. You know, we're, we're educating our students along that entire spectrum. So they, they are, they're learning about machine learning, data sciences, right. internet of things, and all of these kind of high-tech areas. They also want to be steeped in understanding what, what is the basis for making right, things and, right. and, and also be, have that access mm -hmm. to do it themselves. And so we've, uh, we've kind of doubled down on this, both with this facility that we're in right now mm -hmm. to do the scaled research also on campus, we've we've got a, a a new maker facility that is is really world class for our our students to be able to dive in and 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 use to you know to both learn in regular classes but also in their uh, 
their side projects they want to okay. do. So outside of curriculum. Outside, so, yeah. yeah. They, can, they can come oh, yeah. in any Hobby time stuff. and use it. Mm-hmm. Hobby stuff. Yeah, we so, encourage all of it really because right. they really, we just want them to get in there and make things. Yeah, this is such, such, a, such, a, such a way to attract students and faculty to have this type of a resource. I mean, yeah. to have it at this scale, like mm-hmm. at a production right. scale, is just amazing. So I'm assuming people are kind of freaking out in a good way yeah. over oh, they at are. campus, right? Are they? Yeah, we give tours all the time, you? Uh-huh. right, of mm-hmm. the makerspace, of the labs, and we talk about this space too, but when people come through, the makerspace especially, we all look at each other and go, oh, I'd love to go back to school now, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know, right? I, I didn't have yeah. that. I never had yes. a chance to figure right. out how to use and have access to those shoes. Mm-hmm. I've actually um, connected with many students who say one of the big things that they miss about not being in Carnegie Mellon is having access, access. to right. those tools. Well, also mm-hmm. they connect the What's also exciting is the connectivity across all aspects of campus. I mean, we're getting connections with our School of Art. I know. I, you know, I, connected I've heard with us. Right. And Sandra's got a great project with her Entertainment Technology Center. That's folks that do gaming technologies, mm-hmm. applying that to training for manufacturing. So it's wow. amazing fabulous. what's yeah. going on. That's yeah. what I'm talking so about. So that's fabulous. I would imagine set design. I could see the set design interconnectivity. And, right. and There's a lot of collaboration across campus. And, and actually in that makerspace, even though the College of Engineering hosts it and manages right. it um, and teaches in it and whatnot, we're working very hard towards having 50% of the people who come and do things in that space be from outside of the College mm-hmm. of Engineering. So. And we have a number of programs that draw in students from the School of Science, from architecture, from fine arts, from computer science, the students who have never had the chance to get their hands dirty and really make things. So three years from now, it's the same question I asked. I like this theme, three guys. Years three from years from now, what's it going to be you, like? What do you think? Three years from now in this space, we're sitting in Mill 19. Well, we're going to see a thriving space with, uh, you know, people are asking me how many projects are going to go on here, right? should be on the order of 40 things going on at once here, 40 different projects. We're going to have the good problem of, gee, we're out of space, and how do we prioritize, right? I mean, that's a, a good problem to have. We're going to have more spinoffs, just like with mm-hmm. the National that's Robotics Engineering Center, exactly. where people right. talk about our 35 robotic spinouts right. here in Pittsburgh and you know, counting. We're going to start having more of the manufacturing-based spinouts right. because of the type of endeavor we're doing here. And this is why we are so pumped to be on the ground level of this. As this is just happening, we're now kind of documenting oh. this here on Tech Vibe Radio, which makes me so This pumped. plays to the heart of Pittsburgh's capabilities. Exactly. Both from an investment standpoint and then a talent. And, and I don't want to look backwards. I'm going to look forward. But I can't thank you both enough for your leadership and spending the time with us yeah. right here. And we'll be back. With that a doubt. We're happy to. Well, We'd love you. to have yeah, you back. We thank appreciate you. you inviting us on. Like I said, so pumped to be here at RIDC's Mill 19 on the site. I say one of the biggest developments happening here in Pittsburgh, one of these transformative things that's really making Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh these days. So go to RIDC.org and check it out. Also go to PGHtech.org and check out the Pittsburgh Tech Council. We love helping our tech uh, ecosystem succeed. We've been doing it since 1983. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We'll be right back after this quick break. So glad to be hanging out at RIDC's Mill 19 in Hazelwood, bringing you the Tech Vibe Neighborhood Tour. I am so pumped up, Audrey. I'm so I know, pumped it's fun up. Here. I know. I know. You're going to be located here, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. With the uh, with the old coffee experiment we've been talking about? Yeah. You never okay. know. 
They're going to need us, right? They're going to they need, gonna need us. And I refreshment. Cool, but we could test it here. We could test it here. It's That's proving the thing. grounds. We could test it. Go exactly. back to our days instead of doing our robotics nacho arms. Exactly. We're, we could go. We're switching plans we now. We're pivoting. Plan. We're, we're pivoting. pivoting. We're pivoting. Simple as that. So RIDC, honestly, Pittsburgh would not be Pittsburgh without the work they've done. I, I think they've been around for like 60-some-odd years. A long time. And mm-hmm. it's, they're able to take these long, long visions of developing right. like what's going on here in Hazelwood and making it happen. And uh, we have a great guest with us, actually no stranger to the Tech Council or to Tech Vibe Radio. We or have to Susie the Teal community. or the mm-hmm. Tech Community for that matter. As well we have Susie Teal for the Advanced Robotics for Manufacturing. Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, it's great to see your smiling faces. Yeah, you see we're like <laughs> pumped up, man. Yeah. Like we're just like boom. You know, so arm. Let's yes. just give us the quick pitch yeah. of ARM. Sure. So ARM stands for Advanced Robotics for Manufacturing. We are one of 14 national U- manufacturing USA institutes. About eight years ago, uh, there was an initiative under the Obama administration to put more emphasis on advanced manufacturing in the United States, to bring manufacturing back and to look for pockets of where we can we can excel in the world. Right? As, as you all know, and we know those of us who grew up in Pittsburgh, as I did, um, we lost a lot of our manufacturing promise here in the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the day when this site was just vacant. They were just storing stuff here. Exactly. I mean, that's the best they could do with it at the time. And now it's like we're growing stuff from here. Perfectly right, yep. yes. And so as one of the 14 institutes, our mission is to help stimulate the economy through manufacturing, but advanced manufacturing. And specifically for our institute, which is based here in Pittsburgh, is to do it through robotics. So our mission really is to advance the state of robotics so that more manufacturers in the United States can take advantage of it so that we can bring some stuff back here and Mm -hmm. make it here cost competitively. I like the idea of that. Nothing wrong with it. And how long have you been with with the uh, with with ARM? So I was the second employee hired. Yeah, number yes. two. All right. Yeah, actually, just passed my two year anniversary on May tenth. That's awesome. Right. Uh, and so wow, we've been an institute. By. Yeah, we're we're only a little over two years old. We started in January of two thousand seventeen, um, and we're up to about eighteen employees now. You're up to eighteen, and yes. obviously now that we're into June, you guys are just about moving into the new space here. We at are mill yes. nineteen. Yep. I mean, that's gonna be pretty crazy to have be this new organization with such a great mission now, in a building and in a site that's just aligned with what you do. We are very excited about it. Right now we're sharing space at Carnegie Mellon's NREC facility, the National Robotics Engineering Center, which is a great place to yeah, hang out. Not too shabby. Not yeah. too shabby, <laughs> but we just have offices. Right. Now we have a true facility where we can take some of the things that we do, which essentially what we do is we fund projects to advance mm-hmm. the state of robotics and also workforce education so that there are people that can um, work with the robots in the manufacturing plant. So uh-huh. well, wait, I thought all the that. jobs were going away. I mean, all the human yeah. jobs were going away and the robots were taking over. You know what? That's been a fallacy for 500 years, right? <laughs> exactly. So they're That's just different people, jobs, right? right? And so we have a huge need for certification programs for robotic technicians, robotic field repair people. Um, you know, we have great schools like Carnegie Mellon and MIT and others that are creating these great robotic engineers and robotic scientists. But we need the lay people that are in the and the, and the manufacturing plants every day that are operating and running and repairing the robots too. Those are degrees that don't exist in right. the United States today. I and know. so along with advancing robotic technologies, we're also advancing and working across the, the, the nation 
to help put together these types of programs, which don't need to be four-year degree programs. Um, so the cost is less, and the salary was much higher than actually being in a factory sewing a piece of equipment, right? Wouldn't you rather run the robot that sews the, you right. sews so. the clothing? Right. Absolutely. Uh, and so there will be jobs, but they'll just be different jobs, just like all, what always happens it's with called, automation. It's called it's just right History, now, right? right. Yes. I mean, it's just right now it's happening at the most accelerated pace. That's a good point. That it's ever happened. Exactly. So people tend to be just concerned and they don't understand how it happens within their lifetime. It used to be generational. Now it's happening. Now you see it in a couple decades. of years. Right. Yeah. You are exactly right. You see it right. in a decade. So it's a matter of us continuing to talk about this, continuing to reinforce. The other thing that's so fascinating is that here we sit at Mill 19. We see Carnegie Mellon is 50% of an anchor in this building. And yet we're also saying out of the same side of our mouth that not everyone needs to go to college. Yes. And see, that's, I love that, too. I love that having all these conversations, these conversations used to be so, these conversations used to be so separate. You know, you had a vocational path, you had an academic path, you know, then you had a post-graduate you know, um, path. And now we're saying, no, it all gets, you know, um, integrated in the conversation. So you get to see that as well. Absolutely. And in fact, you bring up the Carnegie Mellon example. Just to take a step back, what we do actually is we fund projects. We were awarded $80 million to spend over mm -hmm. five years from the Department of Defense to fund projects for workforce development mm -hmm. as well as um, at, at, you know, as well as technology development. Right now, we have 40 projects in place in just a little over Wait, two years. Wait, in under two years, 40 yeah. projects are now in place. Yeah, they've mm -hmm. either been selected or they're actually undergone, but we've announced 40 right. projects so far in both workforce and technology. Is that all within southwestern Pennsylvania? Yeah. It's nationwide. It nationwide. Nationwide. It's nationwide. nationwide. Gotcha. But there, we have a number of partners in this area. And just to mention Carnegie Mellon, one of the projects that we're working on is with their Robotics Academy, which is run out of the National Robotics Engineering Center. Center, and there we're working jointly on certification programs so that somebody can go online and get certified for different areas mm. of robotics uh, repair or robotics operation. Uh, so even though Carnegie Mellon is a four-year institution, they right. are investing in other types of programs. Yeah, that's well, really good. The, the, interesting, the interesting thing is, so last year I interviewed Farnham Jahanian mm -hmm. for a TEQ uh, cover story, and he says the future of this country is within is, is within the, uh, the, the, the the smaller schools, the, the two-year programs. Mm -hmm. He's like, we need the course of what the Carnegie Mellons are doing, All but right. a lot of the population, it, it's into getting those two-year degrees that no, absolutely. puts you in those areas. Absolutely. So. That's why I think, you know, um, CCAC, the Community College so of important. Allegheny County, so important. so important. Carnegie Mellon's actually working with them. Yep on their two-year programs in the space of robotics. And so are so we. How cool is it? <laughs> right. How cool is it to have that type of horsepower go into a community college then to just yeah, I mean, make it? Yeah, that's so cool. They, community, right. uh, CCAC has a mechatronics program that right. they run out near the airport, and they've got a 95% placement rate. They've got people waiting for their students that's to get a, their certificates and their that's degrees. Really? Yes. That's a great story. And so that they, is they are one of our partners, too. We have projects ongoing with them as well. So every day you're coming to work, and it's got to be so much fun. It is. I mean, it's like, Are you having the most fun? You know what? I am because you guys know me and the community yeah, may know right. I've spent a lot of my life in the startup world. Right. So right. this is a startup with $80 million. So that that's makes my it kind fun. Of startup. <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of startup. That's and sort of a different exactly. kind of Exactly. And it also, so it's, it's combining what I personally love to do, which is getting new 
things off the ground, right? New organizations and new products out the door with actually doing something that is, is an issue that no one can argue with, which is how do we bring more manufacturing back to the United States and how do we create more jobs, right, in manufacturing um, with different skill sets perhaps right. than the past, but right. still valuable jobs and important jobs for Americans. So that. You know, having that as a mission every day mm -hmm. is a real pleasure. It gets you out of bed. Absolutely. You don't even need a cup of coffee. Maybe a cup of tea. And that's it. Just one cup of tea. <laughs> Just one cup of tea. That's all she needs. She's, she's really shaping our business. Absolutely. She's totally shaping our business, Jonathan. So for those of you who are listening, Jonathan and I are trying to figure out a Copenhagen-style coffee cart. Yes. That we will also be doing um, TechBot. But it has yes. to be robotic. Oh, without oh, yeah. goes yeah, without saying, there'll be an arm <laughs> that will be, be right. bringing the coffee and tea exactly. to the people. If you know what I mean, they, well, those actually exist. You can buy them today. Well, we need <laughs> we need to talk to you because this has to be integrated into our business plan. Yeah, it has exactly. to be in our business plan. Yeah. We exactly. have to know how much those assets really yeah. cost. For the past twelve years, you've been trying to build a robotic nacho arm. Yeah, right? and it know, hasn't gotten it hasn't very gotten far. very far. Just okay, saying. I can <laughs> introduce you to a few people that might be able to help. Okay, that would be pretty easy. So I'm going to steal your question of the day, Audrey. In three years from now. Where do you see, you know, ARM and how it's integrating and growing the region and the industry and the nation? That's a great question. And first of all, we see this high bay facility, which we're overlooking, be full of projects, right? Love it. Not, and that will be built off of the investments that we've made. And they, exactly. you know, in three years from now, we could have 150 projects that we funded, right, or more. Um, so seeing the results. So two things, seeing an active building where there's a lot going on to help fulfill the mission and then actually getting the results of these projects out in the field. Exactly. So we're successful when we can start to do more manufacturing manufacturing in the United right. States, right? As much as we can do in the next few years to make an impact on that is really where we're headed. And I see that happening. And also helping these companies that actually get spawned out of here. Exactly. Start so that the talent is really here to help them accelerate their growth. Um, we will have so many cool technology components. You know, again, you talked about CMU sort of doing basic research. We're doing applied research, which is taking what the uh, institutions um, are doing, right, like Carnegie Mellon, CMU, I mean, CMU, uh, MIT, those others, and then trying to move that faster into commercialization. That's okay. really our goal. Well, and so great. the faster we do that, the better for all of us. So thank you, Susie yeah. Teal from uh, the ARM Institute. If people learn more about the ARM Institute. Where can they go? ARMInstitute.org. Just that simple. Just that simple. We have to give you a, uh, a, a, a present for a housewarming gift. That would be great. For your new space. So so coffee? All, yeah, it tea? could be. And coffee and tea? A little bit of both. Tea. Yes. Tea. Remember, don't get that I won't. <laughs> wrong. I swear I won't. I swear awesome. Anyhow, thank I, you. I can't say how much fun it has been hanging out here at our DC's Mill 19, bringing you the Tech Vibe neighborhood tour. Uh, we are honored. We, over the years, we've been at some of the coolest places in Pittsburgh, and this might rank as number one right now. Just saying. Right now. Maybe Absolutely. Right now. And even better yet, next Friday, more coming from Mill 19. This is just part one. So many more stories to be told about what's going on here. Uh, learn more about the Tech Council than the pghtech.org. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great weekend, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.